Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech and Teaching Podcast, the live version where we give you the tips, tricks, and general knowledge bombs. No no graphics effect today. I'm sorry. Uh, on how you and your school can improve your live stream or podcast. I'm Eric. This Jordan is, is Jordan. Jordan. Is, is Jordan. I, and I, I, hi, Jordan. Hi. Hello. <laughs> what we are doing today is kind of kind of putting a bow on section one of season one, part one of season one of the Tech and Teaching Podcast. We have talked a lot about equipment, plenty of peripherals, um, cameras, I guess, get got pretty uh, nitty gritty, but we've kind of talked about some of the extra stuff. So we want to kind of put a bow on that. We've got a few questions that we've been asking for, uh, and we got some great submissions. So we're going to answer some questions based on previous episodes. So not necessarily groundbreaking new stuff today, but we are going to share some uh, a little bit deeper thoughts on a few topics. And then we've got some rapid fire questions. And if you stick around for the end of the show, that's the only time you're ever going to see the special promo offer for striveav.com. Very excited about all this. Lots of great stuff. Um, join us on the conversation. If you are on YouTube, Danielle is monitoring the chat for YouTube. So if, if uh, our conversation pops pops a question into your head, throw it in the chat. Danielle will get it to us. Uh, likewise, if we can get it on Twitter, that would be fine as well. So thanks for joining us if you are on live on uh, Elon's favorite social media platform. So Jordan, let's... <laughs> That's kind of a fun joke inside here. Um, let's first talk about some of the questions uh, that were submitted to us by, by uh, some of our outstanding teachers. We love getting these. First question deals with uh, the Lilliput monitor, which was actually... So that last week's episode was was about the camera assist monitor. Yeah. Uh, the yep. Lilliput monitor that uh, they just received one. Uh, attaches to the top of the camera, but it is a pain to take on and off, and it wobbles around at the connection point. So, Tara Johnson-Brock, let's, let's answer this question for you. Uh, Jordan, what are some fixes to fix the wobble and also the, uh, the, uh, the pain of putting it on and off the camera uh, that Johnson-Brock or other schools might use? Yeah, so it kind of depends on the connection point that we're, you're talking about, but... Um here, where your cold cold shoe quarter like stem goes into your your mount, um, that can be. I found that to be kind of wobbly, or it can get loose just because of all the cor cables in and out that um, starts pulling it, and so it can come loose there. That just requires a really really tight turn turn. Unfortunately, yeah. so there's no no easy fix easy way you could actually now that i think about it if um you could go to your shop class and get some loctite some blue blue loctite not red um blue loctite and that actually i just thought of that would probably work we even rehearsed this show yeah you? i know wow i look at you go but anyway um and then this cover can make a really spongy mounting point so we'd kind of suggest taking it off and if there there we go um and mounting it directly to the uh the monitor itself or you could go through the the hole there it just kind of depends on on how you want to do that but that's just to get the most two hard surfaces together rather than the the squishy uh cover there yep and the nice thing about these these rubber covers on the uh and this is the Lilliput a7 the 4k camera assist if you are inside, which we are for um, for winter sports right now, you don't really need the Velcro strip that has the viewfinder shade. And so you can actually just take the whole thing off. Just 
that you just do that. Be gone. There we go. There it goes. Uh, don't have to worry about it again until springtime, obviously, right? So you could use that that uh, camera assist like that. And we had we used some gaff tape to label, which is going to be a fun little thing coming up in a little bit. So, Tara, hopefully that, uh, that answers your question. How do you get rid of some of that wobble? I'll, I'll add in if... If you're going to keep, if you want to keep everything together, um, the monitor and the camera, you could um, get a newer bar and just have that, that camera assist mounted behind the camera um, the, or the field monitor behind the camera. And then you can just, you mount that whole bar to your, your tripod and then you're able to just to take that quick mount off, put it in the bag and then pop it back on the tripod right. and you don't have to remove any of those pieces from the bar. Right. Marcus says, if your cameras can be stored with it, just leave the mount on the camera. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the part that gets uh, that gets loose, so it really does take a lot to get it tightened. Yes, you can leave that part on the camera itself, this too. Yes. Uh, thank you, Marcus, uh, who will be featured later on in the show. Now, next question. What types of tripods work best in different situations, i.e. sidelines, wide angle, and et cetera? This one came all the way across the river all from, from Josh way. Allen at Lewis Central there in Council Bluffs. Um, the best tripods, and again, it does kind of depend on your situation, but um, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, tripods, fluid head, absolute must. Where should we use the fluid head tripod specifically? Your main and ISO cameras. You want those to look look nice, so let's put, put a fluid head tripod on there. And then um, into the sidelines, anything that's kind of your mobile-ish-esque uh, cameras, a monopod, preferably with a fluid head on top of that as well. Right. Um, if you if you just have a stick, you can go out and just get a fluid head head piece, right? And then you don't have to buy the whole stick, but those sticks probably cost what twenty dollars or something. Just yeah. go just go get an actual tripod, then you get the the chicken feet um, for stable shot, but. Um, and then your like your wide angle, you you could use your uh, your Amazon special twenty dollar um, piece of hardware. And if you're not moving it, I guess if you're not going to move it, if it's just there to static show what needs to the wide angle or whatever, yeah, might be might be an arena shot. Yeah, might, might be a studio camera. We don't have one mounted in here, but you know we could put a studio camera up in the corner kind of thing. It could work well for that if it's never going to move. That would be an okay use of the $20 plastic tripod. All of these tripods could be Amazon special. Right they really now. could. Um, I don't know that we – one thing you got to be careful of, usually the $20 Amazon tripod does not have the ball head that is separate from the tripod legs, so you have to level it with the legs. I doubt it. Right? <laughs> I mean, so that's just something yeah, to think about. Yeah, yes, seriously. Uh, the next question is comes from Don in Alma, and this is a this was such a good question that we are going to eventually uh, give an entire podcast episode to answering this question much more in depth. But the question itself from Don says we would like to know camera positioning for multicam situations. Where do you point them, and when to switch them? Don, thank you for this question. And this is, like we said, this is a this is a big deal. We've got a lot of schools that in the last year, year and a half, have really started to expand into multicam situations, wireless camera solutions. And so we, we have the ability, a lot of schools are adding the ability to put a wireless camera pretty much anywhere. So the question is, where is that? Um, again, this is going to be an entire episode uh, probably here in a few weeks. But for now, we want to give you a, a, some some 
quick kind of high-level notes. And the first high-level note is the rule of 180 degrees. Um, and this was actually, uh, this was a, um, an education resource that we put out in the fall. And I think I even did uh, an original tech and teaching before we did it as the podcast and the show and everything. Um, but the 180 degree rule is if you, if you drew an imaginary line down the middle of your playing surface, so we're in winter, so we're talking, let's talk basketball for right now. But if you went uh, hoop to hoop and you drew a dotted line down the middle of your basketball court that went hoop to hoop right down the middle of the rim, whatever side your main camera is on, you would want your, your secondary camera to not cross that middle point, that midpoint, that 180 degree point of the, of the gym. The reason for that is you don't want your camera, your second camera, pointing back towards your first camera because what that does is it changes the perspective of your viewer. And if the, your viewer's perspective goes from, hey, my team has been going this way the whole time, and then all of a sudden you show them a, a camera angle and they are now going this way, it literally takes the brain a second or two to reorient itself, even though you're watching the stream. It's very exhausting to watch, it, actually. Yeah. You have to, there's, yeah, brain capacity. Yeah, you, you literally are putting it on your uh, on your viewers to uh, have the mental capacity to understand, oh, they're going to this shot, and now it's at this hoop, even though it looked like they were going to that hoop before. So what you want to do is you want to, and it just doesn't matter, um, in the, in, we have a, a graphic that we're going to show actually here um, that we got from uh, ESPN3. Uh, doesn't matter if you have two cameras or six cameras, you should not cross that 180 degree line so that your perspective as a viewer never changes. Now there is kind of some very small and, and very technical ways that you can break that rule, but you don't want to be doing it a lot and you got to be very careful about breaking it. Yeah. The general, the better way to do it is just not break the rule. That's the safest. Yeah. We can get into those. We can, we can get into later. that, into that. And then when do you switch them? The general rule of thumb, do not switch camera angles while the main action of a play is ongoing. For instance, f real quick, football, snap, Quarterback hands it off to the running back. Running back was running outside. You can tell it's going to be a – he's got a long way to run. Then he gets tackled. Then you switch to your secondary camera, which is either showing the the tackler uh, in a zoom in an ISO cam shot or it's showing the reaction of the bench or it's showing the reaction of the cheerleaders or something like that. But we don't want to switch midway through a play and then have our camera perspective change. It would be just it would be similar to in the basketball scenario, switching and, and showing that the hoop suddenly flips directions. We don't want to do that mid-play. In basketball, we don't want to have a play develop. Suddenly a person drives from the top of the key, they take one, two good dribbles, now they're going to the rim. You can everybody can see that they're going to the rim, and suddenly we switch camera angles, and now it's the hoop cam and they're coming at us. No, no, no. Let that let that play, let that shot finish. And if he makes it or she, they make it, outstanding. Now you can switch. As soon as that ball goes through the net, now you can switch to your secondary camera and get the reaction. That secondary camera, again, it's the, uh, it's the gravy. It's the side. It's not the main dish, right? It's, uh, we want to see reactions. That second camera is usually reaction camera. It's not main action camera. That's the real short answer. I mean, um, another yes. another good thing to kind of have them w is just watch ESPN right. or ABC. And now 
with through the lens of okay, I'm going to see when they're going to switch. I'm going to see how often do they switch and do they take this certain angle. And once you actually start viewing it through those lenses, it's you, oh, well, I didn't know they did that. Right. Okay. Well. And it makes and so a, you'll get a lot more ideas that way too. Makes a lot of sense. Marcus says football and volleyball are great sports for learning. Uh, the multicam switching, yes, because there is such a nice designation between what is an action play and what is the time between plays. Mm -hmm. Football and volleyball both are are really great ways to learn that. Basketball happens really fast, so your director and your camera people really got to be on the same page. So, like we said, that will be an entire episode coming up soon, um, but that's all the time we really want to spend on it for today. Uh, Rob and Carney, longtime supporter, first time uh, submitter of questions. Of course, everyone is too, right? Uh, any trips or ticks? Outdoor ticks? I don't like ticks. <laughs> Nobody likes tick. Cord management. That's the topic, Jordan. Yes. What 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 can we do to help Rob with cord management? Yeah, um, couple couple I, things. Zip ties, zip ties, zip ties, zip ties, and then also these uh, Velcro strips that attach. They attach to the uh the cord so you will not lose them boom please use them you could also if you have a lily put that's mounted to a newer bar or that you don't have to take apart and you're always using the you're always using it all together and you have your power cord for the camera and the lily put and all your hdmis you can put them all into a bundle make a snake and you can either zip tie them together or you can get uh, those uh, the sheaths. It's kind of a plastic sheath that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. That you can put them in, and then they're essentially one cord, and that kind of ties everything up nice and neat. Um, the, those are... Yeah, cap yeah. cable management, um, as soon as you go beyond camera, capture device, laptop, as soon as you go beyond that, cable management becomes a big issue. And so... Um, uh, gaff tape becomes a production person's <laughs> greatest friend. Uh, zip ties are great. We have also found that there are reusable zip ties. Oh, do those get fun? Yes. Uh, to use um, because then you don't have to snip them off. You can just actually push the little button and they undo. And it's, it's amazing. It beats having to buy them over and over. Yes. Yes, that too. Um, Marcus at Johnson County Central also uh, wants to know, what is our most random use of gaff tape? And if you don't know what gaff tape is, uh, Jordan will lovingly uh, demonstrate for us. Gaff tape is the production person's duct tape. Um, everybody uses duct tape. If it moves and it shouldn't, you use duct tape. Well, in productions, if it moves and it shouldn't, you use gaff tape. If you want to uh, tie down cords, you use gaff tape. If you want to label things uh, in a in short fashion, you use uh, brightly colored gaff tape and write on it and stick it on whatever you need to label uh, in short fashion. I think these are about half inch wide. Half inch wide, and they kind of, you know, the application of it is, is looks like that, right? Um, the biggest benefit of gaff tape is that it holds similar to duct tape, yet it will not leave the sticky residue I'm knocking on wood. Everybody seeing that? Knocking on wood. It will not leave the sticky residue like real duct tape would. Uh, real duct tape, we have used that on stuff, and oh my gosh, it is such a pain. When it you, melts a lot. You got to you got to get the goo gone right away, and it, you're you're working in a mechanic shop for a day because you got to get all that stuff off. 
Most random use of gaff tape, however, and again, we've done cords down, we've done labels, all that stuff. Uh, at at Burke Stadium for State Track, there is a there is a cable, excuse me, a cable running from the lower press box to the upper press box. On that cable is where Burke has run their Ethernet lines. So that is how the secondary press box gets Ethernet to a switch is they they strung a wire cable and then they uh, attached their own cable. Well, we saw that and we were like, well, we need to go from the lower press box to the upper press box with another type of our cable, but we don't really have a way to attach it. And we certainly can't be the only other cable, the only other cord on this cable. So we had to create a suspension off of the wire to our cable. So our cable is hanging down about here. Here's the main wire. Here's our cable and it's duct tape about every four or five feet just to make sure because it was cold. It was windy. It was state track. It was rainy. Why didn't we just use zip ties? We didn't have them at the time. Have we not learned? Yes, we have learned from stuff over the years, but did we have to use gaff tape? At the time we did. That's all we had, I guess. Yes. Um, So most random use of gaff tape to suspend a cable, I don't know, probably 70 feet across that span. Yeah. Or more. Uh, Yeah. It was, it was quite a bit. Uh, and one more from Rob here. When streaming, specifically with a multicam setup, do you find it best to use color and white balance on the camera level, or should you do it through the switcher? Many times, light is different courtside compared to higher up. So what Rob is talking about is before any multicam setup, uh, one of your steps in that process should be all of your cameras on in their broadcasting environment. So if you've got a field camera or a sideline camera or a baseline camera and you've got two cameras up top or you've got a slash cam, all of those cameras are on. And I think the right the way that you want to do it, the way you should do it, is you should be looking at your multicam switcher. Your director should be looking at and you have the communication piece to our floor camera to say, hey, we need uh, we need to open up your exposure, or we need to talk to camera two that's up top. Hey, your white balance is a little warm. We need to cool it down, whatever that is. Um, that communication piece is a massive, massive piece, and setting the white balance, I think you really do got to set all of that with the camera in the environment it's going to shoot in. I'd concur. Fantastic. I said something that Jordan Jordan agrees with. That's great. <laughs> Well, I don't argue with you that much. Not that much. <laughs> argue, argue. Argue. Professionally disagree. We can go with that. Okay, that works. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a real quick uh, commercial break, and we're going to come right back. We've got some rapid-fire questions and a special Strive AV giveaway. Stay with us on the Tech and Teaching Podcast live. When students choose Midland University, they become a part of something bigger than themselves. Midland University sees the talented students at Strive Schools as fitting for Midland's programs. That is why Midland University is offering 25 renewable Strive scholarships, totaling $92,000. New this year, students also have the opportunity to earn college credit for their participation in Strive. To learn more, head to midlandu.edu slash strive. Back here for the Tech and Teaching Podcast live. I'm Eric. That's Jordan. We're going rapid fire, Jordan. Same types of questions, but a little quicker maybe on the response because heaven knows you and I could ramble for a long time. I mean, it took us like an hour and 45 minutes to practice this 15-minute show. That was more on me than well, anything, though. That's why I'm, to be honest. That's why we're going rapid fire. Here we go. All here right. We go. If a teacher has a limited budget, they've already got the, the basics. They've got... 
the camera, they've got the capture, they've got the cords, they've got the laptop. All of that's good. But really, the budget is kind of limited. What is the next piece of peripheral that they should buy and why? Zoom controller, hands down. That is going to be, you're going to get your more, your, the most bang for your buck there. And everything else that we add isn't going to contribute to the broadcast as much. I mean, the ne- next would be the, the, the Lilliput. The camera assist. The camera assist, but that's not going to actually make anything better. It's just going to make it easier. It's a, it's a more of a luxury item. So the, the zoom controller, get your hand off the top of the, the camcorder so that you can get those zooms in and out really nice. That, that's what I would go with, zoom controller. Excellent. Uh, some tips for extending your cord life. You've talked about this a little bit already, but uh, lofty? Was that the word? Yeah, Loopy. lofty lofty loops. Lofty loops. Lofty loops, yes. yes. Um, any, I mean... And you have a poor you, example from yours truly over there, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and I don't like it when a kink isn't... We have a kink in our neck. No. So why would a cable like it when there's a kink in... So avoid... Cables av- have feelings, too. Avoid 90 degree... or strong or sharp turns there we go there you go that that's gonna there's really small uh wires in here over time they will die they will break right that too yeah i mean all 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 the (laughs) yes bad things will happen over time (laughs) okay sorry uh Um, but here's a poor poor example this is like an owl pellet kind of what this is this is awful so especially on these, I just had it today. Um, I got an order for one of these um, because the the small little 12-volt wire coming out of here broke off and um, it does not work anymore. Mm-hmm. So I I would condemn this because, I mean, it's just all tight. Who's, what are you doing in around here? Come on. Producer trying to be part of the show, isn't he? <sighs> Good grief. Anyway, um, I have another tip for uh, extending your cord life. And it's actually not about extending your cord life. It's about extending your equipment life. Far too many times in eight years at Strive have I uh, gone to a school, seen their setup, seen how they're transporting some of their stuff, and cringed over the fact that thrown into the back of the backpack was the mini recorder with the Thunderbolt cable still plugged in. Please, please do not leave your equipment plugged in when in storage. Do not leave any cord plugged into anything. Unplug the power and the HDMI from your Lilliput. Unplug both ends, the HDMI and the USB, from your capture device. If setting up your equipment takes too much brain power that you can't remember exactly which end of the cord plugs into, this gaff tape, this these come in packs of four. Jordan can get these. You just got to let him know. Label your stuff. Label your stuff so you know. Take a picture. Make a diagram. Put it in the backpack, but unplug everything. The device itself won't break. The cord itself may or may not break, but I guarantee you the connector in the device will break faster than mm-hmm. anything if it is stored with that cord still plugged in. Please do not leave your stuff plugged in at the end of a broadcast. Break it all down. It, it, no matter how, how much of a pain in the rear you think it is, trust me, it is worth it to keep the life of your equipment going 
for as long as possible. Because there's nothing more frustrating than having it all hooked up and I have no video. Yeah. Well, I can't. The amount of times that those mini recorder things would they would break if you looked at them weird. Yeah. And then I would see schools just they'd unplug the HDMI from the camera, leave both things plugged into the mini recorder, and into the bag it would go. Wrap it around their hand. It'd like look like this. And they'd look. Oh, I'm like, oh no. Okay. Sorry. Um, That's a little thing. Hurt my heart sometimes (laughs) to see that. Um, Another quick tip. Setting up, have your Strive class, get out the label maker, and label everything. Mm. Every end, every battery, every power supply on the back of your switcher, label every, like... This you, is a seven-inch monitor that we have labeled in two places. Yeah, what, what's the orange for? That's so you can see it when you've got the red thing that you threw away. You could see it on this end, because I realized that when I... I put this piece of tape on and labeled it number three, and then I realized that when you have the the oh for the red, the red rubber uh, gotcha. thing, you can't see it. So I had to put another one on the bottom. But but we have two two labels on this thing, and it's seven inches. Yes. So take the time. Uh, you want to make it so easy a fourth grader could put it to, put it all together. Um, and then a one last tip on the cords. Yes. Um, this isn't rapid fire. I'm sorry. Well, but important. Important. Uh, if you have gotten um, a SWIT wireless bundle, you ha- probably have them. It's either a black or a blue pigtail, HDMI pigtail. If if you even if you don't have the SWITs, get one, and then you can connect it to your tripod, and then um, or well, to your camera, and then you're able to kind of um, zip use your zip tie or your uh, Velcro strap here and strap this to to your tripod and then it kind of it, it'll take all of that weight off of your your HDMI port on your camera that will save a, a cord and your HDMI port on your camera which is way more expensive than a cable yes and rant yep that's that's really great stuff all right next next uh, rapid fire question would you ever recommend a field monitor larger than seven inches and the answer is both at the same time yes and no. Why would you recommend a field monitor that would be larger than seven inches? Yeah, the only the only time that I would recommend a field monitor um, larger than seven inches would be if you are using that field monitor as a uh, a confidence camera for your announcers, or even if you're your director, um, you don't want to buy a big twenty one inch uh, monitor. You can get a small ten inch or something like that. That's where I'd put that um, into that category but not as a camera. As a camera, I would say, no, you don't want to go over seven inches. You, if you go beyond seven inches, you go to that 10, you go to that 13-inch camera, now you, are beyond, now you are going to really greatly affect the weight and the balance. Per, even if you, have, if you have the newer bar and you have the camera on the front, you have the confidence monitor on the back, uh, if you go beyond seven inches, now you're going to be really back heavy, and now you've got to re-level again. It's really going to... It's going to not do what you think it's going to do at that point. That and just the whole panning too. That I mean, depending on how it's mounted, it might just sit there and wobble, and right. no one's no one wants to operate with with a wobbly screen. Right. So 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 would we go beyond seven inches? Yes, and no. Uh, what are some common tripod mistakes that Strive has seen schools make? 
<clears throat> level your tripod now. Sorry, how to do it. Um, please level your tripod. That's probably did the, that compress you. Well, it that it was did. Good. That was good. It did. Um, got worked up there. We're fired up today. We should do more of these in the afternoon. Like I'm it's, I'm like, ready to go. Getting a little warm, but hey, um, level, 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 and and tip. You can if you have a fluid head tripod. Mo most of the time, you will be able to have. There's a where the, all your legs come together. There should be a uh, a knob that you can unscrew and level just the head. You don't actually have to level the whole tripod with the legs. With the legs, so don't use the legs to level it. Use the actual bowl. Yes, on top. Well, That'll make things a lot easier. So much easier. In fact, if if you get real good at using that bowl, you ha you'll find out that you have a little bit of wiggle room. In fact, if you want to lean that tripod forward just just a touch, can't go crazy forward. But if you got to, man, if I could just have another couple inches forward, it would get me out the window or something like that. Yeah. Go a couple inches forward, and then you can still level uh, the the tripod with with the ball head. And, of course, there's an auto-leveling tripod. Why wouldn't there be? Um, <laughs> thanks. I mean, and if anybody's going to see it, it's going to be It, it would, yeah. yeah. That's okay. Awesome. Um, other common tripod mistake, uh, I think you touched on it briefly, Especially when we are here in basketball season, I still see some schools that have the tripod with legs extended, but they the feet are touching very close to the part where people are walking up and down the bleachers. And you're going to see the vibration of every single step on the camera because your platform isn't solid. So again, to go back to our, our camera or our tripod uh, episode, getting a, some sort of platform to get off of the bleachers. If you have the means to do it, it is worth it every single time. Otherwise, we're going to see every single step. You know kids are going to be running up and down there. I know gym sizes are different for everybody. We've seen plenty of small gyms. We were just at the York City Auditorium, which is all concrete. Well, that's awesome. We know not everybody has concrete that we're setting up on, right? So um, making sure you take every every step you can to get that tripod on a sturdy surface that isn't the bleachers um, will be worth it every single time. I concur. Great. Uh, and lastly here, uh, if budget wasn't an issue, well, wouldn't, wouldn't everything be nice? But let's say you get that big grant you were going for. If budget's not an issue, Jordan, what camera would you recommend to a school for purchase? Well, it depends. What are you doing? Uh, my school, uh, school A, let's call them, is at the top of their game. They want an awesome-looking live stream, crispy live stream. Mm -hmm. They also have a media productions class, digital media class, that's doing some really cool graphic stuff. They got a video board in the gym. They're doing some cool stuff on social media. They need, they need a camera. They've got some funds, but they can't go completely overboard and get, like, a, a red cinema camera. But we need a really good camera that can live stream and do content creation. Yeah, I would totally gear them towards the Canon, uh, the XF605. And um, JVC, Panasonic, Sony, they all have their their own cameras in that area. And so I would just kind of look at in that er uh, area, those, those more of a professional camcorder. Rough price point. Um, or right. something like that. I know the JVs, JVCs are a little bit cheaper than the Sonys or the Canons, 
So you you could four to seven thousand somewhere ballpark four to B- seven ballpark. 000. That's kind of wide, but that's it, it's definitely not going to be under three. Okay, uh, school B wants a really solid looking live stream. We even have a switch, so we we might need two cameras. We don't really have the digital media class that's making a lot of content. Maybe dabble, but it's definitely not a focus. But we want really solid live streaming cameras. XA60. You can get a couple of those. They're, they're around 1600 I think, a piece. And you could get a couple of those. They'll, they'll be great for you. They're 4K, so you can grow into them. Yep. And um, School C. We have got we have got a nice live streaming setup. We even have multiple cameras, and they're kind of all matched up the same. So we feel like we're pretty we're pretty good on the live streaming side. But uh, we are we are stepping into the content creation. I've even got one kid that is like really really good. Like this is what they're going to go do. What's kind of the entry for the content creation, and what's that next step up? That kind of top level for the content creation. Yeah, I I would steer them as ent- ent- entry level. I mean, we there's people that beat them up, but the Rebel series it's it's a good if junior hires are in like all right, we got a high school class. Let's get okay, Hi- get oh, oh oh sorry. Well, hey there, um, Canon Canon ninety D. It's four K. You can get a lens, it, the body and a lens for around the sixteen hundred dollar mark, I, I believe. Um, Price is subject to change. And then if you kind of want to go a step up, then you can go to an R6, uh, Canon, or, yeah. Canon, Canon R6, yeah. yep. Uh, and we say Canon stuff because that's what we know. But if your school does Nikon, Sony, anything else, then, you know, go go for it. Um, see what the equivalents are of those those Canon pieces. But that is what I'm, we're well we're in the Canon universe. So. Well, yeah, that's that's where a lot of, of, of our knowledge and our use has come from. Yeah, um, th- this is this is a good time to plug Strive AV because a, a school does not need to feel like they are left out on on their own to try to figure out what they need for cameras. Like, we would love to entertain the the ideas. What are you looking for? We kind of gave you probably the three most common scenarios that we've come up with that we've yeah. come across. Um, so, you know, the, there's the quick camera recommendations, but everyone's going to be a little different. So let us know what you're trying to get out of your cameras and, and that will help us help you get the right camera for, for what it is that you're doing. Um, speaking of helping us help you, we can, uh, we can help you in another way. Yeah, Jordan, we, we Jordan, we've got it. We've got a special, and I'm sorry, it's not a giveaway. It's not a Strive AV giveaway. It's a Strive AV offering. Savings. savings. Offerings. Offering savings. If you go right now to striveav.com, uh, you find the the correct item that you need. Or even if you don't find the specific item that you need, but you know that you have heard about us talking about a specific item, email order at striveav.com. Order at striveav.com. Do we have that on the screen? Who's that a voice? Order at striveav.com. This week only, mm-hmm. yes. mention in your email that you watched us on Tech and Teaching Live, and we will get you 
5% off. 5% off your order this week. This week only. It is good until February 3rd, 2023. And the offer will end when Jordan leaves the office on Friday. So that's 5 o'clock Central Time. Good only this week, no matter when you see this video. But if you put in the promo code TNT Live. You, you, you got to come to me. You got you, you, you got to come to me. Order, Sorry. Order at striveav.com. Don't go to anybody else. Just go to Jordan. Order at striveav.com. Goes to Jordan. Yep. He'll yep. take care of you. 5% off your order this week only. Jordan, that was a that was a fun episode. Danielle, anything else from the peanut gallery? Got some comments from Marcus. Thank you, as always, sir. Uh, Hoosier, our producer today. Um, Strive is at the intersection of digital media education, and we deliver an engaging curriculum, innovative audiovisual equipment, that's Jordan's side, and an education-based live streaming platform for K-12 schools. Find out how Strive can help start and grow your school's digital media program at strive.tv slash product. Until next week when we go back into our normal recorded episodes and we, and we give Jordan a little breather, that's Jordan. I'm Eric. Thanks for watching us on Tech and Teaching Live.